0: Think big, think positive. Never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Nothing you have ever experienced can prepare you for the unbridled carnage you're about to witness. Super Bowl, the World Series, they don't know what pressure is. In this building, it's either kill or be killed. You make no friends in the pits and you take no no prisoners. One minute, you're up half a million in soybeans and the next, boom, your kids don't go to college and they've repossessed your Bentley. Are you with me?
1: hello and welcome to turner's take podcast i'm your host craig turner author of turner's take newsletter I'm also a broker here at stone x i specialize in grain and oil seeds and then on my team here we have experts in the energy markets livestock protein uh, interest rates currencies fertilizer plastics you name it so if you have any questions for what we do here you can give me a call at 312-706-7610 or email craig.turner at stonex.com. If you like the podcast, please go to iTunes, give us a positive review. And if you have any questions or know of anyone who would like to hear uh, the podcast, feel free to forward it on. Okay, so let's get into it here. It is August 11th. We had a WASD report a couple of hours ago. And let's just take a quick look and to see what it said. What was it based on expectations? What did the USDA say about some other things? um outside of the report and where we're going from here so number one we'll do corn corn carryout or corn yields were 171.1 uh trade was looking for 175.5 on the headline news surface that looks like a bullish corn number and we did see corn rally almost immediately after the report i'm gonna guess there is an algo on there just reading the yield numbers and probably buying. And then once the uh, the programming or the computer programs ca- caught up and saw that the ending stocks really didn't change so much because yields may have went up, but demand came down and we're still at a two, two over 2 billion carryout, then corn came right back. I you know, assume someone's program didn't work there on the uh, on the algo side. And then on soybeans, Same thing, we had a 51.3, was the average trade estimate on the soybean yield. Came in at 50.9, a little bit lower. Ending stocks did go to 245, so that was a little bit bullish, and soybeans actually rallied, which I thought was appropriate to rally right after, and we went, I mean, soybeans was in like 13.10 to 13 area. Right before the report, we went up to 13.30, and then we just came right back down. And the thing is, even though that was mildly bullish for beans, they also reduced demand when they reduced uh, the yield. And weather's been pretty good for soybeans. So that probably wasn't incorporated into the report. I really don't have a problem with with the price action there on corn and soybeans. And I mean, at the end of the day, Corn ended up being down nine cents on the day to 487 in December, and soybeans ended up being down ten to 1307 in November. I think that's fine uh, based on based on that report. What else can we take a look at here? Wheat ending stocks went up just a little bit. From all wheat went from 598 million bushels to 615. What ended up happening is Production on winter wheat got a little bit better. So we saw more winter uh, Chicago winter wheat production uh, improved and ending stocks ended up going up. Same thing with Kansas City wheat. Meanwhile, spring wheat came down a little bit. So the reaction to that report should have been a little bit bullish spring wheat, a little bit bearish, both the winter wheat contracts. When we take a look at it, Chicago was down 10 to 11, Kansas City was down 10 to 11, spring wheat, try to hang in there all day in positive territory, finished two or three cents lower. Um, so it got dragged down, I would say like corn, soybeans and the other wheat. But that spring wheat number was a little bit bullish. And I think that's just reflective of the, of the weather and some of the, a little bit of the weather issues they had. Now the sweet, so we do comment though, the USDA does comment on canola. And you know for Canadian friends and the, the, the USDA, it's not on the WASD report, though USDA has a separate or the WASDI is a culmination of a whole bunch of the reports that the USDA puts out. One of them is global grain and oil seeds, and that global grain and oil seeds report makes its way into the summary of it, makes its way into the final numbers of the WASDI. They have you know, USDA has canola, Canadian canola at 19, uh, 19 million tons. I think some people out there have it closer to 17 or 18, but the USDA did bring it down to 19. I would be surprised if they don't inch it down some more, but that's where we are right now. They have also exports going down. So, and you take a look at the global oil seed tables. Let's take a look here on carryout, world carryout. For 2023 24 corn comes down a little bit soybeans comes down just a touch and wheat's fairly fairly neutral so not a not a ton of big changes so when you see a look at when you take a look at the the cbot today and the and also the canola contract and the spring wheat contract there wasn't wasn't anything too shocking now here's the thing it is august 11th and this is the long, wrong time of year for the bulls to be long and the spec plays to be long. because we tend to bottom out in corn, in late August, early to mid September, soybeans be around the same time, maybe just a little bit later. And then wheat usually tends to put in a bottom sometime around now could put in a, a bottom along with corn if all things are, are held equal. Equal to, but that means we still have some pressure left we'll room pressure, pricing pressure into the end of the month. So you could, our charts are starting to see value, starting to see a little bit of a buy signal in corn, not because it's bullish, but more because it's a look, getting oversold and we're hitting value targets uh, on, on the corn market. Uh, soybeans, just based on the stock to usage, you can make the case that anything under $13 is a value. But, but the weather is getting better, and there's going to be pressure on soybeans as the weather gets better, and there's going to be expectations for yield increasing. But a 245 on the carryout for soybeans is tight, and beans in the teens make sense when you're at a four to five percent stock to usage. For the spring wheat, I confirms what we thought before the WASD. We're going to be tight for a year. We just harvested all our winter wheat in the Northern hemisphere over the past couple of months. We'll have the next two months to harvest all the spring wheat in the Northern hemisphere, and that includes Russia, Canada, and the United States. And then that's going to be our, our, our wheat. Basically 80% of our wheat export market will be made for the following marketing year. I don't see how There's nothing in this report that suggests that wheat gets loose anytime soon. I mean, maybe it can get a little bit looser because you add a little bit of production on and exports come down a little bit. But in $6 Chicago, $7 Kansas City, $8 spring wheat, it's really nothing to suggest at the moment that anything should come crashing down in that wheat market if ending stocks and stock to usage is going to be this tight, especially on the major exporter level, whether, so when you take a look at the major exporters, this is going to be the United States, Canada, European Union, Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, and that's your Northern hemisphere. And then the Southern hemisphere, you've got Argentina and Australia. You add, you add up all the exportable grain out of those countries. And that's who counts, by the way, it's exportable grain. It doesn't matter. Some country has a stockpile of it somewhere else. If it doesn't hit the market. If you can't trade it, there's no price discovery. It doesn't count in pricing. What only counts in pricing is what is there and available to trade. So that's the major exporters. and that's, and, and that's kind of how you really have to look at it. And we're tight. What's also interesting and confirmed today by the, today by the Wazi, corn, major exporter corn from new crop, year over year, stocks ending stocks increasing. Same for soybeans. So I think you know, when it comes to corn and oilseeds and especially soybeans, we're seeing the market get better in terms of supply. And that's gonna weigh on, on these markets, more so corn than soybeans at the moment, while it's gonna be supportive of wheat. So going forward, you can use the, I mean, I would think if you're a farmer, you gotta be selling on the rallies any kind of rallies here um, for new crop and i don't mean in the next couple of months here it could i mean in the next month here because we're gonna bottom out in corn sometimes at the end of August or mid-September so if you can get some kind of weather rally in because of South America that would make sense I th- you would just think based on prices and stock to usage levels South America would favor soybeans and then wheat where it can like Argentina would favor wheat where it can but Argentina most so we'll see if that's how they did it Um, and you would think corn would be the loser on the acreage down in South America but that remains to be seen you know if it does that may be a little bit bullish for corn otherwise it's it's hard to get very bullish at a 2 billion carryout what it does say to me though is soybeans are going to be volatile and there's probably value in soybeans when there's a 12 handle in front of it And just based on uh, the ending stocks and supply and demand, 14, definitely 15 looks a little rich, you know, based on a 245 uh, carryout. So I would think that's kind of the trading range here. And you can use that range appropriately, whether you're a spec trader, you got to buy it or you're a producer, you got to sell it. And then on the wheat side, we're just elevated. There's just no reason to go. There's no reason to go to anywhere close to 2019 prices when corn was when uh, wheat was four and five bucks. You just can't do it. So, and there's all, also going to be a lot to do with the the spring wheat there. Um, I think that's going to do it here. I don't see a real reason to get too long in the tooth here. I, I will say this about the WASDE and the and the USDA reports. If you do want to see some of those world market reports that I was talking about from the USDA, where USDA is doing the groundwork that eventually filters into the Wazi. Just Google um, FAS, that's the Foreign Agriculture Service of the USDA, and the report's going to be oil seeds, colon, you know, world markets and trade. Or if you want to see, you know, you know, corn and wheat, I think it's grains, colon, world markets and trade. And you can see a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, uh, the USDA reports and, and what kind of goes into, into the report today, what, what finally makes it into the WASDA. Um, and if you look at that grain one, you can actually take a look at not just uh, the corn market, but what's interesting is they have updates on the wheat market. So for example, USDA has Canada wheat down 2 million metric tons, I think, and due to decreasing production due to worsening drought conditions. So there's some very interesting stuff. They also have international daily um, FOB export bids. And you can see Argentina, Australia, Canada, um, the EU, Russia, United States. Gives you an idea of who's competitive out there and not. And I like that that report too. So it's the uh, world. It's it's the who is it? It's FAS. It's the, it's USDA, but it's the FAS, um, and that's the department that that focuses on the world and and foreign uh, markets outside the United States and what makes up those world numbers that you see in the WASDE. So something to check out there too. Um, that does it. I One trade that we've been doing for a while here is December 23 versus December 24 corn. There is nothing in this report that changes my mind that we eventually go to 30 or 40 cent carry in that spread. Um, or even greater we'll just have to see unless there's some major surprise in the fields here on yield when we get when we get into harvest so my opinion of that hasn't changed either so I think that's about it I hope everyone um, had a great week and I don't think uh, I don't think this wise report changed things materially I do think we are going to eventually get to a value area here in corn I do think there's going to be some value in beans down here and wheat is definitely going to be a range bound market. Still jury's still a little bit out about canola and the and spring wheat cuz but it, I think that canola number of 19 million metric tons is a high. Um, and we will have to price ration canola and canola probably stays elevated too in the 700 800 area on the board while soybeans trades, you know, 12 to, you know, 12, 13 bucks on the new crop. And then when we do transition into old crop, certainly be fourteen, fifteen dollars $15. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, have a great weekend, everyone. Feel free to contact me if you have any questions, and I'll talk to you soon.
0: This material is conveyed as a solicitation for entering into a derivatives transaction. This material has been prepared by Daniel's Trading Broker who provides research market commentary and trade recommendations as part of his or her solicitation for accounts and solicitation for trades. Daniel's Trading, its principals, brokers, and employees may trade in derivatives for their own accounts or for the accounts of others. Due to various factors, such as risk tolerance, margin requirements, trading objectives, short-term versus long-term strategies, technical versus fundamental market analysis, and other factors, such trading may result in the initiation or liquidation of positions that are different from or contrary to the opinions and recommendations contained therein. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future performance. The risk of loss in trading futures contracts or commodity options can be substantial, and therefore, investors should understand the risks involved in taking leveraged positions and must assume responsibility for the risks associated with such investment and for their results. You should carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your circumstances and financial resources. You should read the risk disclosure accessed at www.danielstrading.com. Daniel's Trading is not affiliated with nor does it endorse any trading system, newsletter, or similar
1: service. Daniel's
0: Trading does not guarantee or verify any performance claims made by such systems or services.